clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never, never clock out. Welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I'm, I'm super excited, super, super excited. I have a great show today for you guys. The featured song for this episode is going to be our song, No Weapon, featuring Katrina Campbell and our brother, Deron Donaldson, who is from our latest project, The Peculiar. If you don't have it, make sure you download it and stream it. Also, I just released my latest, uh, my my first single as a solo artist. It's going to be from our, my upcoming solo project um the title of the single is mocking word featuring esther smith if you don't have that that's available on all digital outlets as well but listen i'm I'm just super super excited um today's show is titled clout chasers clout chasers versus servants most of you guys know what what clout what a clout chaser is is someone who's uh um pursuing attention, doing things for attention, doing things for recognition, doing things for praise and fame. And so I really want to deal with the mindset of a clout chaser versus the mind of a servant, because I really believe that one of the reasons why the church isn't as effective as it should be is because many of us are being conditioned by culture to seek our own glory, to seek our own fame, to seek our own recognition. And we're just, we're slapping Christianity onto it. We're, we're slapping Jesus onto vain ambitions and, and things of that nature. And I really believe this is a huge uh, problem in the church. You know, I believe this is, this goes right into goes right with what I talked about last episode, which was respect of persons. And so I believe that there is such a respect of persons in the church because the church is full of individuals and leaders who are clout chasers. So we're going to hop into that on the um, in the um, when we when we come back from the featured song for this episode. Listen, you want to make sure You listen to that segment. But listen, I want to take a quick moment because I have a lot of new listeners. Uh, By the grace of God, the numbers for the Path of Revelation podcast has been growing. And and so I know I have a lot of new listeners to the show. and, And a lot of the new listeners are listening to the newer episodes and working their way backwards. So I want to take time to really explain what do I mean by where the culture meets scripture? What is the purpose of that? Because for me, that this is a lifestyle for me. You know, when I say where the culture meets scripture, what I mean by that is I really believe we as Christians should be striving, striving to view culture through the heart and mind of God. And, and really the only way for us to do that is to have a solid foundation in God's word. For us to be tuned into uh, the Holy Spirit. And listen, you can't really be tuned in with the Holy Spirit if you're not praying, if you're not meditating on the word, because the word is is inspired by the Holy Ghost. It is the written word of God for us. And so I really believe that as 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 we as believers are navigating through culture, the culture is full of darkness You can't it's like we can't wake up in the morning and cut on the television or hop on social media without some type of agenda or wickedness being thrown in our face. And listen, we're called to love people and be lights for the for the glory of God. But because we live in a fallen world and and men are sinners um, by nature, God haters by nature, humanity is subject to, as the Bible calls the God of this world, Satan. 
And so we see so many demonic agendas being thrown at us. Um, you can't watch a movie without them throwing witchcraft in your face or homosexuality. Can't hop on social media without seeing Democrats uh, and Republicans arguing and one group pointing the finger at another one. And um, we see race issues in the church. Um, how should the church be handling social justice issues and and, and this and that, you know, is one thing after another. And one of the things that I've I've noticed is that when we as Christians are not diligent in prayer in our word, instead of impacting people in the culture for the glory of God, the culture actually begins to impact and influence us. And so instead of seeing the culture through the lens of scripture, we begin to see scripture through the lens of culture. We begin to see God through the lens of culture. We begin to see God through the lens of our emotions and our feelings, because that's really what 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 culture encourages us to follow, to follow our heart, follow your heart follow however you feel like we're in a we're in a society where however you feel that's your truth you're right well what if my truth goes against your truth who's right and so we as we as Christians we have to understand that we have to be striving to see culture through the lens of Christ through the lens of scripture and not allow culture to shape our thinking because what what I'm what happens and what I'm noticing with a lot of us who profess Christ we are being more influenced by by pop culture than 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 the bible and in a lot of in a lot of it shows in the things that we celebrate it shows in how we move on social media it shows in how in, in the people that we we, we keep around us. It shows in the things that we endorse. And so one minute where we can be glorifying God in the next minute, we can be celebrating power <laughs> or, or empire or, or, or some type of form of wickedness in the name of entertainment. And so where the culture meets scripture, my, my goal with um, one of my primary goals with the Path of Revelation podcast is to point non-believers to Christ, but also challenge believers to be focused on the things of God, to to challenge believers to not be distracted, but be fully sold out and submitted to Jesus. And listen, none of us are perfect. All of us have flaws and things about ourselves, but I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer at when, when you are in Christ, you are a new creature. Sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Like we don't have to be dominated by the desires of our flesh. But I believe that we can actually pull our flesh into subjection to the things of God. And, and it starts with our thinking. It starts with our mind because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So when I say where the culture meets scripture, it's like, man, I'm, it's, it's a habit now. The Lord, as the Lord has convicted me, as the Lord has purged me and, and uh, chastised me because he chastens whom he loves. Like, man, I can't look at things and not say, hey, I wonder what the Bible has to say about this. I wonder what God has to say about this. And I think I think that should be the norm for us as Christians, because there are enough people out here who name the name of Jesus, but they but they aren't living anything. You know what I'm saying? We're in a day and age like um, I always hear people say, man, judge not. Let she be judged like stop judging. You know, we're in a society where don't judge anybody. And really, people don't even realize they're quoting out of Matthew seven, Matthew seven, chapter one. It says, judge not lest she be judged. And people stop there. 
Like, but you got to read the entire chapter. In that chapter, Jesus is talking to, I believe, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he's dealing with hypocrites. And he says, listen, don't you're pointing out the splinter in your brother's eye, but you're walking around with the log in your own eye. He says, first, deal with the log in your eye, then go address or restore your brother by dealing with the speck or splinter in his eye. So in other words, Jesus isn't saying not to judge. He's, he's not saying that we're not supposed to judge. What he's saying is we're not supposed to be hypocrites and judge people concerning things that we don't even have together. He goes on to say, judge, once you deal with the log in your eye, once you're walking consistently and, and walking um, with the heart of submission and, and, and repentance, then you can be an example to others and, and, and correct them in love. And then he goes on to talk about how you shall know a tree by its fruit. Man, if that's not judging, I don't know what judging is. He says, you will know a tree by its fruit. And then here's the part that 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 sticks out to me that a lot of us quote in Matthew chapter seven, I believe, starting at like verse 21 through 24. He says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's judging. He says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. He says, Many of you will say, I, I cast out demons in your name. I perform miracles in your name. I sung in your name. I was an usher in your name. And he says, I will say to you, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Listen, I've grown up in church and I have to say this before we hop into the future song. I've grown up in church my whole life. Like literally my entire life, newborn baby, I'm in church, <laughs> church my whole life. And what's interesting is I believe as time get the times and the days get more evil, I believe that the enemy, there's such a, a antichrist agenda out here that the enemy is working to blur the lines. And, and I've said this before, I believe one of the biggest goals of the, the spirit of the Antichrist isn't to, nece to necessarily do away with the name of Jesus altogether. But I actually believe one of the greatest attacks of the enemy is not to get rid of the name of Jesus, but to preach a different Jesus. And so I believe, you know, I've, I've grown up in church my whole life and I've been around real Christians, people who really love God. Again, nobody's perfect, but people who are truly born again, who have committed their lives to Christ, they have fruit in their life. And then I've been around fake Christians, people who profess Christ but they're the hypocrites that Jesus talked about. They live in sin. They, de they don't just sin and then they're like, hey, I'm convicted. Forgive me, Lord, am I sin? No, they, they're, they're, they, they live in sin. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the gospel. They deny the power thereof. And one of the things that I've noticed is when we're in church, so it's very hard. It could be very hard to tell the difference between the real and the fake. Because they're both singing the same worship song. They're both singing in the same choirs. They're both serving on the same usher board. They, bo they both are shouting. They both have the same expressions on their faces during worship but one is real and one is fake but when they leave church or when they're in everyday life when they're on social media or when they're or when they're living their life 
they're two different people. One person really loves God. They read the scriptures on their own. They're striving to to grow and, and know Jesus. And then the other person is like, hey, I'm doing my thing. I'm doing I'm living for myself. And listen, you don't. We can't play games with this thing, because here's the thing. You can always fool people. We can always fool people, but we can never fool God. The Bible says man looks on the outward appearance, but God sees the intent of the heart. He sees our hearts. And so. As it relates to things like the Kanye West Sunday service and. Just the whole idea of us as Christians judging fruit and stuff. We have to first make sure our hearts are right. We have to make sure our calling is election sure. Like we have to we have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And like Paul said, he says, examine yourself to see if you be in the faith. We have to examine ourselves and see if we're truly saved. Because there is a great deception out here today. And I and I and I wasn't even uh, trying to go this way, but I feel led to it. There's a great deception in today. There is a false gospel that is being preached in many pulpits today. This false gospel would even say that hell is not an actual place. There's a false gospel out here that says, hey, you can live for Jesus one minute. You can live for Jesus and live for the world. There's a false Jesus. There's a false uh, Christianity out here that says you don't have to follow everything that Jesus said. You can you can pick and choose what you want. There's there's a false gospel out here that says, hey, don't talk about sin. We're all everyone is justified. Everyone is going to heaven, whether they believe in Jesus or not. And so there are so many different gospels and and things being preached. Because. Men and women. Are not striving to view culture through the lens of scripture, but rather they're, but instead they're being influenced by culture to follow the lust of their flesh, to follow the lust of their eyes and, and to do and to indulge in the pride of life. But the Bible says, love, not the world. First John chapter two, verse 15 through 17 says, love, not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And these things are not of the father. If the love of the father is not in a person who who indulges in these things. And so we have to examine ourselves because some of us, there are many of us, many Christians who think that because they've been in church their whole life or that they're consistently in church, that they're right with God. And I'm telling you guys, just like I told my children's church when I preached to the seven to 12 year old uh, class like two weeks ago, I was like, man, you could be in church your whole life and never know Jesus. Because it's not about attendance in a building. Like we don't even we didn't even we don't even view school that way. <laughs> like we've never none of us has ever showed up to school and be like, hey, I'm here. Give me an A. No, you have to actually apply what's being taught. You have to actually apply the Bible to your life. And so if we haven't truly put faith in Christ, repented of our sins and confessed that Jesus has come in the flesh, that he is God, not just the son of God, but he is God, man. We, we don't know. We're, we're not truly saved. 
and, and my concern why I say this is where the culture meets scripture is because I believe that we are in such a climate that in many of our churches, we are producing false converts. We are producing people who who come who are who have been conditioned to to hear these feel good messages. And they leave the church feeling better about themselves. But there's no true change in their heart. There's no true surrender to Christ. They only are surrendering to their idea of who Christ is. And that idea usually is not consistent with scripture. And so, yes, this is where the culture meets scripture like this is this is a lifestyle for me. And, and my goal is to encourage believers to stand up boldly for Christ, whether it's popular or not popular, be instant in season and out of season. And so, man, let's hop into the featured song for this episode. I can continue talking, but let's hop into the featured song, No Weapon, and then we're going to come back and deal with clout chasers versus servants. Unafraid, unashamed, let them know You could kill our bodies but can't kill our souls Death can't hold us cause I didn't hold him, he rose By the power of the Holy Ghost So we can never take a L, no Even if a body's well, so This body's just a shell, all is well So I saw him, we can find a hell, bro The weapon is formed, but when I prosper But do you know what that means? Does that mean we're promised healing more feelings And the devil can't destroy all things? Job was restored, but ten apostles were martyred Because they gave the lies for the faith Does that mean the weapon Many fed to lions, tarred, burnt to stakes Hated, beaten, crucified, far from saved Chop our legs off, we'll still run the race Giving praise, blessing haters on the way So before you start and say you bless your haters Jesus blesses haters on the cross of favor My soul in his presence, there's nothing greater While my flesh fitted by an undertaker So you won't have to cry for me I'll be with him for eternity No more sickness or disease So death, please tell me where your sting No weapon, no weapon can take my faith And my weakness, he's strong, look at grace No stressing, no stressing, I'll see his face Though our bodies are killed and stands his grace Ain't afraid of no weapon, he took my blows With a bloody nose, he left all his foes Look beyond the woes, he can take some notes Ain't God he chose to redeem my soul So when him is hope, it's a backup up Ain't delusional, this ain't physical But a battlefield of the mind I see that it's spiritual when it's typical Satan want us to walk around black This war ain't flesh and blood, flesh and blood Listen up, listen cuz Your soul is in limbo, losing your mental God is essential, this body's a rental Ain't no way we in Joy in the morning, yeah all around the corner, soldier, ain't no screaming here When it seem like a loss, yeah, yeah. to your whole look across Woo. I ain't like other folks, I'll go to the goat that he still got the stuff I heard of Paul being shipwrecked twice Faith still strong, he was beaten thrice He was one stone, never put up a fight no. Second Corinthians 11.25 Gotta love the price, his ways into norm Sleep in the storm, find peace in the storm No longer afraid, we are waging war All we do is win, run up the score
clout chasers, clout chasers versus servants. What is a clout chaser? A clout chaser is a person who wants to be famous. They want to be praised and recognized by men. And, and, and one of the reasons why I wanted to really deal with this, um, I talked about respect of persons in my last episode, but I really wanted to talk about this because I believe that one of the biggest problems in the church today is that many of us are being conditioned to be clout chasers. In other words, we have mastered or strive to master branding Christianity before we actually strive to master walking out Christianity. And so as a result, I believe that many of our churches lack power because our leaders are, are, have been so focused on their elevation and their names being made great. And, 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 and what happens is members follow what they see the leaders doing. And I believe as a result of this, our services and our churches lack power. And it's not like God isn't moving in some in some of our churches, but I believe in a, in a lot of our churches, even in the churches where the spirit of the Lord is moving. I don't believe the spirit of the Lord is having as much of a free reign as he would desire to. Because I believe that there even with, with many of us, we're like, yeah, I'm going to glorify God. I'll, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to praise him with all I got. But on the other hand, we're like, I want some glory, too. <laughs> I'm going to worship God, but I want to be recognized, too. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to sing this song. I'm going to dance unto the Lord. But I want to be famous. I want to be recognized. And so there, there is such a twisting of things of order. It's almost like, man, we don't we don't know how to humble ourselves because we're not being taught because many of our leaders are hum humbling themselves. They want to be the next T.D. Jakes. They want to be the next big preacher. And so they're not teaching humility because if they teach humility, they would expose their own pride. And so I believe there's a sense of I'm going to glorify God, but I want to get glorified, too. And it's almost like we have we, we our minds deceive us because in, in, with many of us, we think that if we're if we actually think that when we're being glorified or our name is being exalted, that God is actually being exalted. And that's not that's not true. Like in John chapter three, verse 30 through 31, John writes, he says, he must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase. Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. Verse 31, he says, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. And so he's he's like, man, I have to deny myself. Like we don't even teach people the importance of denying themselves like that's like one of the prerequisites to the Christian walk. In Luke 9, 23, Jesus says, if any man will come after me, if any man will come after me. He must first deny himself. Pick up his cross. And follow me when when whenever someone said, Lord, I want to follow you, I'm going to follow you. Jesus always told them to sacrifice something. He told the rich young rulers, sell all that you have. And give it to the poor. Jesus didn't say, hey, you're a rich young ruler. Let's use your influence and your money 
to make my name great. Let's use your influence and, and your money to make my ministry grow. Jesus said, no, take all of it and sell it and give it to the poor. He says, I don't care about that stuff. I care about your heart. I care about your submission. I care about you dying because whosoever will save his life must first lose it. We're not we see in many of our churches, we're not telling people that they how to lose their lives to save it. We're telling people that they can hold on to their lives and they can be better, better them. They could be the better, a better version of them without ever having to deny them themselves themselves. And that's not the case. And so, man, what what would happen if we took the focus off of ourselves and looked at how we can serve others? What if we stopped approaching, always approaching God with the mindset of what's in it for me? It's like some of us um, feel like our prayers aren't being answered. And it's because we're going into prayer with the wrong mindset. We're going into prayer with the wrong attitude. It's like, man, I can't constantly pray to God and ask God for things that I value more than I value him. Because that's what a lot of us do. We ask God for things that we aren't willing to give back to him. And in that, it shows that we value those things more than we value him. It's like in James chapter four, he says, you you have not because you ask not. And he says, when you ask that those things that you're asking for be consumed by your lust. And so. What would happen if we took the focus off of ourselves? What would happen if we start going into prayer and, and instead of saying, God, give me, give me. We went into prayer and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. See. Service, I believe service is happening in our churches, like we're people are being served in our churches. But I believe the problem is in many of our churches, we're serving people, but we have arterial motives like I'm going to serve you but I want something in return like I'm going to serve you but I want you to praise me later <laughs> and that's not that's not being a cheerful giver if you're always giving with the expectation of getting something back clout chasing I was reading in Mark and I have to share this with you in Mark chapter 10 in Mark chapter 10 we see a story here where Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's he's telling them what is about to happen to him he's telling them hey I'm about to suffer. I'm about to be whipped and beaten and I'm about to die on the cross, but I'm going to rise again. And he's telling he's telling his disciples how he's about to lay his life down. As a servant, how he's about to lay his life down for us. And the disciples, they're so focused on position they're, they have the mindset of clout chasing, of a, of a clout chaser. And I, let me read this. Mark chapter 10, verse 33. I'm going to read through verse 45. I have to go through this because it's so important to what I'm talking about. And so Jesus begins talking in verse 33, saying, see, we are going up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priest. He's talking about himself. The, the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. Verse 34, and they will mock him 
and spit on him and flog him. In other words, beat him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. So he's telling them how he the, he's the ultimate servant and how he's going to lay his life down. Now, peep verse 35 and James and John, <laughs> the sons of Zebedee came up to him and said to him, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Man, these, it's like these jokers didn't even hear what he said. They right after he tells them he's about to die, he's about to be beaten. He's going to die on the cross and raise from the grave again. They come and said, hey, we want you to do whatever we ask you to do. How dare them? That is the opposite of humility and a servant's mentality. But this is how some of us approach God. We approach God like God I want you to do what I want you to do instead of saying, God, what do you have? What would you have me to do? God, what is your will for my life? But no, they come to him in verse 35 as they say, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Hold on. You call him teacher, yet you want him to follow you. It makes no sense. Verse 36. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? Verse 37. And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. In other words, hey, when we go to heaven, we want to get we want to be able to shine by sitting next to you. So I, I want to sit on your left. I want one of us to be able to sit on your left and I want the other to be able to sit on your right. Like we want to shine with you. And so they have a mindset. A mindset of getting glory. And Jesus responds in verse 38. Jesus said to them, you don't know. You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized? Verse 39, arrogantly, they respond and they said to him, we are able. Like he just told them I'm about to be beaten. I'm about to suffer. I'm about to go through all of this. But they they weren't listening. They just they just wanted the glory. They didn't want to go through what he's going to go through. They just want the glory. And he said to them. They, and they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those whom it has been prepared. Verse 41. And when the 10 heard it, because the other the other 10 disciples were listening. They began to be indignant at James and John. Listen, they were mad because they wanted the glory too. They were mad because they're like, man, how dare them try to elevate themselves above us? Verse 42, and Jesus called them to him and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them? So he's making a distinction. He's like the Gentiles, those who don't know God, those who are not um, of God's people. They flex their uh, th their rulers and their leaders flex their authority over those under them. And Jesus is about to make a point like we're not supposed to be like them. He says, you know, that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise of authority over them. Verse 30, 43, but it shall not be so among you. In other words, there is supposed to be a difference between us as Christians and the world because the world um, is clout chasers. They 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 seek the praise of men. They seek fame and recognition. And, and when they get it, they 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 hold it over other people's heads. They brag about it. They, they they glory in it. He says we're not to be like them. 
He says, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. He says, man, we're called to be servants. Not clout chasers. Verse 44, and whoever would be first among you or chief among you must be slave of all or servant of all. So in other words, the greatest amongst you will be servant of all. Verse 45, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve, hallelujah, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to give his life. If the servant is not greater than the master, if Jesus is our master and he gave his life, what makes us think that we won't have to give our life? What makes us think that we won't have to deny ourselves if even Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done? Why? What makes us think that we don't have to humble ourselves? Man, there, man, there is a need for a revival in our hearts. Man, I almost feel like, man, we don't need another conference. We don't need a, another uh, conference and big name speakers coming in, man, because it's like, man, we need to just commit ourselves to God. We need to humble ourselves, man. I almost, man, we need to strip like, man, forget all these big programs and things of that nature. Let's get back to the days where we just go before God on our knees. Like, man, it's like, man, we can't do anything good without posting it on social media. We can't do anything for people without making a big spectacle of it. We serve to be seen. We give to be seen. And Jesus said, when you do that, you have your reward. Your reward is the praise of men. Don't think that you'll get something from me. It is, I think one of the things, and I'll say this, I think the system is broken. Our idea of church doesn't look like Jesus a lot of times. Our idea of ministry doesn't look like Jesus a lot of times. We care too much about titles, man. We care too much about positions it's like man our pastors instead of them being shepherds and servants they're they're viewed as kings and we're viewed as the subjects man we have to gain the mind of Christ what would happen if we took the focus off of ourselves and put it on Jesus Listen, I believe because many of our systems are geared towards men being exalted. Yes, Jesus is mentioned and being preached, but but because there's a sense of, hey, I'm going to glorify you and I want my name to be made great. That we have created a system for false teachers and wolves to thrive in. I see men and women of God who love God, but they're a part of a system that is meant to benefit clout chasers. And so within this system, servants are often overlooked because the servant isn't seeking his own glory. The servant isn't seeking his own promotion. He's seeking to serve and do all things as unto the Lord. But because the system is geared towards clout chasers, we see men and women 
in positions of leadership in many of our churches who are wolves. They don't have the best interests of the church at heart. And, and when they are in these positions of, of leadership and authority, the servants are caught up in this system because they're a part of this system that we call church. And they're often working under these clout chasers. But some of us need to mentally break away from the system. We need to break away from this, this watered down version of church that isn't does not resemble the biblical church, does not resemble the biblical bride of Christ. And so, man, I want to encourage you guys. Let's take the focus off of ourselves. Let's let's put the focus on Jesus. Listen, I don't I don't I don't care about fame. I don't care about my name being made great. A lot of times we take that scripture so far out of context. We always say, oh, God is going to make your name great. And we prophesy it to people. We we put we drill it in people's heads. And 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 we don't even realize that that was a prophetic word to Abraham. And that prophetic word to Abraham about his name being made great. It wasn't about him. But the spirit of the Lord was telling him, I'm going to make your name great. And I'm going to make you a father of many nations because it was prophetic of Israel being a priest to the nations. Israel's purpose was to be a priest to the nations and point the nations to the true and living God. And of course, to usher in the Messiah, the savior of the world. And so the prophecy wasn't about Hey, Abraham, your name is going to be made great so you can stunt on people. Your name is going to be made great so you can so you can um, exercise your your flex your authority over people. But your name is going to be made great. Because my promise is to, I, I'm, I'm looking to use your lineage to point people to me. And to bring forth the promise of the savior of the world. Like, man, we have a way. See, this is the problem. And this is why I'm going to say this. I'm going to be done. This is why I'm adamant about when I say. Let's not allow culture to shape how we view scripture, but let's allow, let's let the Holy Spirit work through the scriptures and, and shape how we view culture. Man, I don't want to see things if I'm not seeing it through the mind of Christ, through the lens of the scriptures, through the lens of God. And I pray that's your prayer. That's my prayer for the body of Christ. Man, we're not even able like we think we're able to discern stuff like. Like, how are we going to discern stuff like Kanye Sunday services and things like that if we're not able to discern in our everyday life? Like we're not even able to overcome pornography and fornication and lust and cussing. Like we don't even know how to control our mouth. But yet we're supposed to have discernment about like, man, listen, my prayer is that we have the heart of a servant, that we follow Christ's example. Christ. God manifested in the flesh. Takes his disciples and he washes their feet. The same person who John the Baptist said, hey, I'm not even worthy to unlatch his sandals, his sandal straps. Yet this same Jesus who John the Baptist is talking about uh, is talking about in the scriptures later on turns around and washes his disciples feet. His disciples who had ego issues and they were clout chasers he showed them the example like hey this is the way up is down in the kingdom of god the way up is down and the way down is up listen if he's jesus says if you're if you, whoever exalts himself will be humbled but whoever humbles himself shall be exalted <sighs> 
Listen, I pray that this show has encouraged you and blessed you. Listen, I want I want to offer you the opportunity to also donate. Um, I'm working on my first solo project. Um, if you if you feel led to donate to 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 these efforts, you can donate to my cash app, Gabriel T. Parker or PayPal um, your, your donation to path of revelation at gmail.com. Listen, I want you to go to path of and leave prayer requests, any suggestions for future shows, check out the content on the website, but listen, thank you guys for tuning in. You have been tuned into the path of revelation podcast. And yes, this is where the culture meets scripture. 